Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Today, Colin, you've got your Bible, your your version of the Bible, the truth that uh, you did recently open. So why for today? Well, uh, I'm actually preparing now the annotated, the sort of the study version of the Truth New Testament. And uh, so obviously I'm going right the way through uh, the whole of the New Testament, writing the notes that will go with the text to further give understanding of, of the meaning. And uh, I I was recently doing the annotation for the Acts of the Apostles, and it really hit me afresh how so many issues that were raised in the early church then are vital issues for the church today. Now, you could say that uh, the whole of the New Testament is just as relevant today as when it was first written. but the Acts is about the emerging church. And I hear a lot of people these days say that a new kind of church is emerging and all this kind of thing. And I think some of what is taught under that umbrella is absolute nonsense. Uh, it, it certainly does not reflect what the scriptures say about the nature and character of the church. And what we have in the Acts of the Apostles are really the the principles that are to be the basis of the life of the church. Principles that are spiritual principles, they're, they're principles that would be true of the church in any place, in any society, and in any age. So this really hit me in a fresh way as I was uh, making the annotation on, on this. And and uh, therefore, I, I, I thought I'm going to do a, a series of programs on, on Faith for Today that, that will really bring these truths out. So, so where do we start? Well, we start at the beginning. I'm going to read the text through and we will see just how one situation after another is vital for today. So the first chapter begins, Theophilus, I have already written an account for you of Jesus' teaching and the works he performed before his return to heaven. Before his departure, he gave the apostles he had chosen the commission they were to fulfill through the Holy Spirit. Right, now let's stop there. The church is not an organization that exists to promote itself. The church consists of a body of people to whom God has given a commission. We talk about the Great Commission that is uh, mentioned in Matthew 28. But this commission can only be fulfilled through the Holy Spirit. And I hear a lot of talk today Uh, which is really methodology about the church and leadership in the church and structures of the church and and all of this. And I, I think to some extent people are losing sight of our need to be totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill the commission that God has given to the church. And some people have um, even suggested that this book should be called The Acts of the Holy Spirit rather than The Acts of the Apostles. Well, I like the phrase The Acts of the Apostles because it shows that 
This is God working through his people. But of course, he works through his people by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to every true believer, everybody who is born again, everybody who embraces the Lordship of Jesus Christ, so that we are empowered to do the work of God and to fulfill the commission that he gives us. And everybody who belongs to the Church of Jesus Christ is part of this great commission. Every one of us uh, has a part to play. And we will understand what that is uh, as we allow the, the, the text in the book of Acts to unfold before us. We will get a greater and greater understanding, especially in the first few chapters, of what this commission is and how it can only be fulfilled by dependence upon the Spirit. I think this uh, approach, Colin, is going to be music in the ears of many people because there have been so many books on systems and formula for church growth in recent years. Yes, and you know, uh, in my days when I studied theology um, at university back in the early 1960s, books like that were all the rage then. And God's answer to that was the charismatic movement, which really only got underway to any considerable extent in about 1970 in this country. Uh, there was all this methodology that was actually getting the church nowhere. And then it was as if God turned up with the, with the power of the Spirit. And everything became transformed. And within a few years, the face of the church in this country was dramatically changed. And that change has persisted in, in many ways. The church now is very, very different from what it was 40 years ago. And we would say, yes, there's a lot more that needs to happen in the church. That is always the case. But um, how true is it that that dynamic of the Holy Spirit, which was so significant in the 70s and 80s, has actually during the 90s and the early years of this century been lost to a certain extent. I mean, there are still wonderful churches that are full of the Spirit and people moving in the Spirit, but there are a lot of other churches that had, if you like, a breath of the Spirit for a few years. But now when you look at their lifestyle, it's returned to something that's very traditional and normal and relatively lifeless, if we're honest. Quite a dangerous situation, actually. It is, but you know, what is revival? Re the whole process of revival is to bring us back to life, bring us back actually to the life of the Holy Spirit so the Word and the Spirit um, are operating together. And you see, the evidence of, of what I say is how is seen in how many of the churches have embraced things that are totally contrary to Scripture. Now, Jesus makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He guides us into all the truth of God's Word. He reminds us of everything that Jesus has said. So, where the Holy Spirit is really being allowed to have the influence that he needs to have in the church so we can fulfill the commission God has given to the church, you see the teaching of Scripture and the principles of God's Word being outworked in the church. You do not see the church embracing things of the world that are a contradiction to the teaching of Scripture. Like what? Well, as we go through, we will see one issue after another where this is the case, where we have to look at what is happening and say, now, where did we get that from? Did we get that from the world or did we get that from the Holy Spirit? Uh, 
So what I'd like us to do is to sort of keep that, the answer to that question, sort of hanging in the air so that we can see, yeah, well, that's true in this situation. Uh, and it, it won't take us long to begin to see the answer to that question. So if we read on in verse 3, after his death on the cross, he appeared in his risen body to these men, demonstrating that he was very much alive. During a period of 40 days, he appeared to them on a number of occasions and spoke further to them about God's kingdom. Okay, let's pause again. How much do we hear in the church about God's kingdom? The gospel is the gospel of God's kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I hear a lot of people today talk about church, but not nearly so many talk about kingdom. And the two are not the same. The kingdom of God is, is not um, an organization. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. The kingdom of God is the people in whom God is able to outwork his kingdom purposes. Uh, and the whole of the gospel, therefore, is focused on the kingdom. The parables that Jesus told, and he never taught without using a parable, are parables about the kingdom of God, about the rule and the reign of God. And what we are called to do as the church of Jesus Christ is to impact the world around us with the life and the power of God's kingdom, not with the church, but with the kingdom. And therefore, for the church to be able to fulfill this commission that God has, has given us to go and make disciples, there has to be this central focus on Jesus Christ himself and his kingdom. This is what the Gospels are all about. This is what Jesus came and he began his ministry. He said, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. The good news of what? The good news of the kingdom, that God was making it possible for us to be able uh, to be part, to become part of that kingdom, not when we die, but right here and now on earth. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to live the life of God's kingdom here on earth. So to me, this is very exciting in all its prospects, but how easy it is for us to get our eyes off the kingdom and think that our job is to build the church. Now, if you look at the gospels, Jesus said, you go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and do the works of the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, so on, and I will build my church. And I think what we've done sometimes is to demote the kingdom and think that we have got to build the church with our expertise, with our leadership structures, and with our, our, our methodology. And all those things have a place, but they certainly do not have the central place. The kingdom must be in the central place. If, if, if that is not the case, you see, what we would do is we would try to build our churches instead of really having a heart to see God's rule and God's reign established, not just in our local communities, but in the nation and among the nations. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 